Well, welcome to the Frankincense Podcast. I am your host, Bobby Benavides. I am Jared St. Martin Brown. I'm happy to be back here, Bobby. Yeah, man, it's been a bit. This is a, and we're back for episode 62, which is pretty sweet. So wait, episode 62 or episode 666? Ooh, because I said that because of our topic. (laughs) Yes, because we are talking about Lil Nas X and his Satan (laughs) shoes. Oh, man. (laughs) I mean, you know, the the funny thing is, like, that was the name that was given to them. You know, like, they they were just literally literally called the Satan shoes. I I looked them up just because I was curious uh, to see if that was a real thing. And, um, you know, uh, so it has like a like a pentagram on it. You know, um, you know, it's kind of kind of witchcrafty, I guess. Like, and I, I don't know anything about real witchcraft. I'm just saying it's yeah. got that sort of it's got that sort of Stephen King Salem's Lot, you know, um, kind of thing to it. Uh, <laughs> and then then there's like liquid in the heels of the shoes, and uh, like that flows right. back and forth when you walk. And according to the ad. In that liquid is a single drop of human blood. Right, right. And and apparently that's legit. They're really gonna have human blood in that in I don't know, whatever it is there. But I um yeah. you know, so so there's a lot there's a lot. There's a lot to, to to work through and I'm obviously we're not gonna go work through it all here, but we didn't talk like, about we didn't talk about this ahead of time, so I don't know where you're coming from with it. You don't know where I'm coming from. This is just like we're just, we're just throwing this at the wall to see what sticks here. So, yeah. Well, first off, I mean, I'm not gonna lie. I was kind of like, what in the world, right? Like, why would you even want to to create something like this? Yeah. But yeah. then I'm also like, is Lil Nas X? I mean, who he is he's always been he's i mean ever since he's been on the scene he's always been kind of like a okay. guy who ruffled feathers and he's also kind of gone push against the norm right in his yeah. music you know he's been just i mean he basically was a youtube guy you know like i mean it was i mean for some yeah, reason somehow that old i'll be honest with you I, I don't really know anything about him beyond uh, old town road and you know which was like the number one song for i feel like all of 2018 you know, and it kept it kept getting remixed, and every time a remix came out, the remix was number one. So yeah, and somehow you know, it, it I mean, it was an it's an earwig, right? It's that's what it is. It's just one of those like yeah. it gets caught in your head and just kind of keep going with it. And um, well, uh, but I like it. It's it's on it's on my playlist. Yeah. <laughs> so it comes it comes on in the car sometimes. So. so <laughs> And, and so then it's like that's so that's who he is though right he's always been kind of extreme he's been kind of an outwear yeah. out there kind of guy okay um his outfits have always been extravagant and he's always been you know very outspoken he came out as being homosexual himself or i believe maybe okay. bisexual it's homosexual or bisexual i can't remember um All but right. he's been you know that's in them that was that was a big shocking thing for everybody like oh my gosh he's a and it's like he, he got like a country grammy i believe and like people are like should he get a country it, Grammy it, and then it's like I'll be really really honest with you. I was really I was really fascinated with the story of you know listening to the record industry try to decide if Old Town Road was really country or not you know uh and uh I I kind of fell down on the side of it's it's gotta be country because 
it, it you know it's it's certainly hip-hop but it's more country than some of the other kind of heavy r&b hip-hop influenced country that's out there you know and i was like well it, it's just this country is some of this other stuff you know and uh you know that that no one would argue is country and you know when in it's uh, you know top in the country charts and winning its own grammy so i'm like if that stuff's country then so is this you know <laughs> so. there you go there you go so now we fast forward to the Satan shoe because the Satan shoe caught a lot of attention and a lot of flack, right? Because um, he's even being okay. sued by Nike right now for the shoe because yeah. they did not actually support the shoe. It was a uh, was using their brand and saying, "Look, I'm using a Nike shoe to make my shoe," which I don't really understand that. I don't know the legality on that whole thing. I but yeah, that part right there confuses me why you would even attempt to make your own Nikes uh, with you know because licensing is definitely a thing. I, I feel like he has to be doing that on purpose to to basically draw the attention, you know. Yeah, and I think also like I think what he expected was, hey, I'm Lil Nas X, and I've, I have a lot of popularity now, and I'm pretty positive. Okay, that, you know. Nike will go ahead and sign on, you know, sign on to this thing. Why not? It's fun. But then it, with the backlash, I think it became like, uh, no, Nike's like, no, no, we're not going to put our name to that. Um, mm-hmm. And so, so here's the thing, right? Yes, Satan's shoe is a big deal, right? We shouldn't really be going like, oh my gosh, I want a shoe with Satan. It's like, no. Like, and no. again, people make much of yeah. the 666 and the also It's like, it's a big deal. But yeah. the the thing that I'm I'll kind of there's there's a, there's a few avenues I want to go on this. One, let's talk about the Satan aspect of things on it. Two, okay. let's talk about the Bible verse that he wanted to put on there that was actually demonstrating that Jesus ended up conquering Satan. And oh. then three, how the church really should be responding to the situation because because there's a lot of backstory that has led to his idea of like why I'm going to go ahead and do this for Satan. So, um, you know, his dad is actually a gospel singer from what I understand um, and or a gospel choir director or something. I don't remember all the details on that, but he was raised in the church. Um, And from what I'm gathering about that, the church didn't treat him well. And so he Mm -hmm. has kind of been, you know, it's, it's a tense situation for him because he was being told that, you know, like all the time that, if you're gay or whatever, you don't belong in the church and that yeah. he didn't have a place. And so he was constantly battling. And, and he even said, I think in one of his, one of his lines, like one of his um, uh, articles that he was interviewed in, that basically what he's, what he was told was, you know, you don't belong. So he was constantly asking God to just like, take it away. Like he wanted to be, he wanted to be fake. Yeah. And yeah. so, um, you know, he just wanted to be a phase. And then when it didn't happen, it was like, well, I don't belong here. But then he was constantly beat down by the church and that. So, so how are we supposed to respond to that? So, um, so those are the three things that we're going to kind of go towards. So let's, okay. let's, let's go, let's just get into. <laughs> so, so number one, Satan, right? Um, every time I hear Satan, I think of the church lady skit with Dana Carvey. Oh uh, um, yeah. You know, the, the, who did it? Hmm. Bing, right? When he would say that, like it's a, a right. big then deal. Like, does, like, then she does the superior dance, like hit it, Pearl, and does the superior dance on mm-hmm. after. You know, so, yeah. Yeah. And so, you know, Satan has kind of become, you know, we got to realize that there's 
we have to get past the character, the caricature of Satan, right? Because yeah. there's a caricature. There's a, like people have this image, like Dante Inferno style of, of Satan with the right. devil with the horns and the pitchfork. Um, and that's not who Satan is. Um, uh, not, no. I mean, have to understand. No, that's kind yes. of like a folkloric, uh, mythological um, devil character, you know, uh, that uh, really kind of comes yeah. from like, European mythology. I'm not saying there there's no Satan. There there is a Satan. Uh, clearly in the Bible, there is a such person as Lucifer. And I think we, I think you and I both know that the, the word Satan means like the accuser. You know, that's like that's like you know the the that's like the nickname for the fallen archangel that we might know as Lucifer. That that person does exist according to the Bible. And so. You know, Satan is not someone to just be kind of like, oh, let's take flippantly say. But, but I also feel like there's there's a lot of power that's been given over to his name uh-huh. that doesn't necessarily belong there, right? No. Um, and so we we live in this fear, this fear and and uh, constant kind of like tension of, oh, you're a Satan worshiper, and it's like, well, I mean, like if somebody's a Satan worshiper, like okay, but at the same time, like, as Christians we know that Satan's conquered. And so basically these people are worshiping Satan. And from a Christian perspective, it's like, look, you can worship Satan. I mean, unfortunately, like if that's your choice. We don't want you to be doing that, but if that's your decision, do it. But just realize that you're worshiping a fallen, a fallen being like this, yeah. that, like he's going to lose in the end, you know? Yeah. And according to the scripture, like whatever scripture you want to look at, you know, if you want to look at the Bible, like you're going to, you're going to discover that Satan loses. So we should not have any fear or concern over Satan, right? Because really, right. I mean, like, we need, we need to know, we need to know that he's a liar. We need to know that he's a tempter. You know, he, he, he comes in with temptation and he will, he will try to, to draw us away from a relationship with Jesus. But the only power that he really has is the power that God allows him to have. As we see in the book of Job, right? Yeah. When Job yeah. is going through his trials, what do we see? We see Satan talking to God saying, I'm going to tempt him. I'm going to push him. I'm going to hurt him. Um, I'm going to do all this stuff. And God's like, do what you will to him. But I believe he's going to continue to, to live with me and, and, and be my guy. Yeah. And obviously we find that out. Um, we see that Job stays strong and, you know, he questions God. And he's like, what in the world? Like, just take my life. And God's like, wait a second. Remember, like, I'm the one that put the stars in the sky. I'm yeah. the one that, that that has made all this be. So so if you don't if you if you weren't there, then remember that I have control over all of this. Yeah. And then he ends up blessing Job tremendously, right? And and I think that for us, like I think that's what we have to remember is that God, no matter what, is in control. And Satan has no control. He has no power. He has no strength. And so you can put a you can put his name on a shoe all you want, but it doesn't give him any power. It doesn't give right. him any strength. It doesn't give him any ability to to create yeah. change in the world, right? Yeah. Um, and so 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 I think that the theology and the understanding of who Satan is, we have to come to we have to come to that 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 grasp, I guess you can say, that understanding. Yeah. 
Yeah, and there's a I because uh the shoe is really sort of I, I mean I don't know what his intentions are to honor Satan. I'm I find the I I find that dubious. You know, I feel like a little bit like that's theatrics. You know, like um the kind of theatrics. What I'm guessing is the, um that that would maybe be used by like a heavy metal band in the 80s or you know something like Black Sabbath or Guar I you know not that Guar had like a devil worship theme they were more like um fantasy barbarian type you know uh characters but you know just the, those type of theatrics I think is what uh, the the shoes were sort of um designed after um the the really sort of what you call the character of of the devil uh, is um you know well for one thing like um you know the the satan described in the bible uh as being like a like a fallen uh, archangel you know uh, who rebelled against god with a third of the other angels i i think that's the thing that um that we know it, it exists biblically um but what most people think of um when they think of like the devil in their minds, they think of like um, the Greek god Hades, um, brother of Zeus, who lived in the underworld. You know, um, they may think of the the James right. Woods um, Hades from the from the cartoon Hercules movie. You know, um, they may think of like the uh, the the pitchfork, like horned devil, um, which is just sort of this um, folkloric like boogeyman that lived like in the woods, like, you know, in the Grimm's brothers fairy tales, you know, type of thing, you know, I'm um, someone that you could go out to the forest with and, you know, go out to the forest to and make a deal with, you know, and, and, um, that kind of thing and a fairy tale. And, um, there's another thing where we sort of draw, uh, ideas of, uh, you know, that sort of cartoonish devil. And, um, it's, uh, it's from Norse mythology. I, I heard a friend, um, he's like a really good theologian, and uh, she said, yeah, the, the word hell is not in the Bible. And um, it, it is in the English, you know, version of the Bible that, that we read. But but the actual word hell, like if you're reading it, you know, in, in the original languages, that's that's not what I, Jesus actually didn't say hell. You know, he says like shoal and he says death. And, you know, he says and he named some other places that we've all sort of translated into hell. Um, and I said, well, where did the word hell come from? And she said, I don't know. Just by happenstance, the next day I'm reading Norse mythology, and um, you know uh, Loki goes to the queen of the underworld, and I said, "Well, queen of the underworld, what's her name?" I looked it up, and guess what her name is? Hell. It's H E L. Hell. So we sort of combine uh, hell and Hades and uh, the fairy tale devil into this character that we have that we can use in um, horror movies, you know, that we can use in comic books. You know, like like Hellboy, and you know um, the the little the little cartoon incubus devil, you know that that brings nightmares and grants your wishes when you know and um, ser- serves witches at midnight, you know that sort of thing. You know the stuff that legends are made of, and I th- I think shoes are very much like based on that type of that mythology and that that sense of like art and folklore, you know, and not really necessarily anything that you might find in like uh, the Bible in like a, uh, you know, <laughs> in like the book of Job or the book of revelation where, where the devil is actually mentioned, you know, or, um, and I think where we see Satan fall from heaven, um, isn't it mentioned in the book of Jude and, you know, um, is where we really get uh, a good bit of that, 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 and so a couple of things that Jesus said and a couple of things in the book of revelation is where we sort of put all that together. But I, that's not that's not to me what the shoes even look like. They look like Halloween stuff to me is what I'm saying. 
Yeah. And I think, like, and, and I think that's where, like, we have to, like, I, I don't, again, and, and to think about the Bible verse they put on there, I, um, I, I can't remember the verse exactly. I, I, wanted, I wanted to look it up, but I can't, I can't find it right now. But it's yeah, a, a verse basically talked about, um, like, seeing, seeing um, Satan or Lucifer fall from the sky with lightning or whatever. And it was like, and it was like, you know, he's like trying to make that into to that one section of scripture and made it into something. You know yeah. that doesn't happen in the church at all anymore. but um you know <laughs> it's like taking that one verse out of context um but no so he took that one verse out of context because it also talks about the idea that he came down but he was he was crushed and jesus basically pushed him down and then defeated the grave um yeah. and took the key away from him right this is and so for for him especially like you know like you said, it's theatrics. It's something where it's like, oh, we're going to go ahead and just throw Satan's name because he also has a song that shows him giving Satan a lap dance. You know, like, I mean, for him, it's like he was using this as a way to, again, draw attention to a song. Yeah. And he's making this. And Christians have actually helped create more publicity for him than he probably ever right. could have hoped for because we are sharing how dare he and all this stuff. And it's like, <laughs> whoa, dude, like, yeah. if you don't want to shine light on Satan, then don't make a bunch of posts about Satan, like and and and, and pointing to it because the people who are going like, go ahead. No, I'm sorry. I'm just saying like we, what you're bringing up is is created more publicity for them, which they have to know. I feel like anybody who understands like advertising and publicity and you know getting Instagram and TikTok followers has to know that that's part of his plan. You know, is to is to get that sort of you know be outrageous, get that attention. I mean, it it's it's always worked for like you know rock and roll why wouldn't it work for rap you know exactly exactly so you know so we you know here's the theology of satan the understanding of what's going on with the, the bible verse and what's going on how he's how he's working here and doing all this stuff i think that um you know that that there's a there's a reality that we have to realize that he he is a showman he is he is yeah. trying to create uh um, create that that momentum to be able to make some money, and he doesn't have any other music. He's like he's not like make, he's making full albums. He's releasing one or two songs here and there, and right. he's trying to get them to be big. And, and, yeah. and they're making it because why? We're we're making them big because we're yeah. we're, we're we're posting things about it. We're making a big deal about it. And, and it's funny because once you make a big deal of- about something. Like any other artist, I mean, he's realistically, he's going to be chasing the high of that first big hit, you know, which for him is always going to be Old Town Road when he really broke out into like mainstream success. He's going to be chasing that and, and wanting to get the those numbers, you know, um, because I mean, it is it's like being an entertainer, especially like a national entertainer um is a numbers game you know you're just trying to get as as many you know as many youtube views as you can you know as many downloads as you can get and um you know just get those numbers high and i think that he probably devised this in very much a pt barnum way i mean you said it when you said showman in a very pt barnum way that this was a way to to get that attention you know it's it's something that really works for people um you know, I, I kind of watch how people sort of craft the careers of, of these pop stars. And, you know, many of them start off as like, um, to be honest, like Disney kids and, 
and Nickelodeon kids, you know, I mean, how many pop stars today, you know, were on the Disney channel as a young, as a young person or on Nickelodeon as a young person. And then you watch when they sort of, um, right. In, in a way they sort of age out on their audience a little bit. And so you can see where, um, they start to promote like a more sexualized image, you know, when they get into their like mid twenties, they start to release these really like sexy albums and sexy songs. Talking about like, you know, like, uh, Selena Gomez or like Ariana Grande or, you know, um, Miley Cyrus did this kind of thing. And, uh, some with the guys too, but, um, I just, I don't know, I guess, I, yeah, we got, I mean, I guess Justin Timberlake would be one, you know, bringing sexy back, you know, I, I don't want to just say the girls, you know, because it's, it's been the men too. Um, but, um, you know, um, you can see how a publicist is like, listen, you know, you're never going to get the numbers that you got when you were like the young, fresh faced, innocent Disney Channel kid. You know, you need to you need to do something a little more edgy now and, you know, sort of, you know, get sort of reboot that that attention, you know, that was selling your albums to begin with. So what sells now is sex or like being the bad boy or the bad girl or maybe looking like you're you're into drugs or you sleep around. And, you know, for for Lil Nas X, you know, he's he's devised a similar type thing. Like, you know, I, I need to do the thing that Old Town Road got me, but I need to I need to change tactics here. So I'm going to I'm going to play the bad boy now, you know, and and do do the Satan shoes thing, you know, and do this music video with like demons in it and stuff. So let me go to the third point, right? The third point of, well, how should the church be responding to this? Because mm-hmm. the thing is. And we are seeing this this the star, this guy that everybody's watching, our kids are listening to, which I kind of question whether or not they should be listening to, because when you listen to the actual lyrics of Old Town Road, especially. Um, oh, like, yeah. I mean, it, well, it, I mean, he even said it himself. Like, yeah. You shouldn't be letting listen to the song anyway. If you listen to the lyrics, you're like, I'm talking about like drinking lean and and and, and having yeah. you know um, adulterous relationships and, and telling about you know like yeah, it, it's like for. Like, it oh, is. Well, it is like that. And I'll be honest, first time I heard that song, though, I was at an outdoor event in a uh, good old, fair, beautiful Fairmont, West Virginia. They do these. They did these back the before times pre COVID when you could have public <laughs> events. They did these they did these free movies in the park and we were at a free movie in the park. And so everybody's out there waiting for like Dumbo to come on. And they're like, hey, you know, while we're waiting on while we're waiting for it to get dark enough to play Dumbo in the park. Uh, let's do a little karaoke. And so, you know, I watched uh, like maybe a sixth grader perform Old Town Road. And that's the first time I, I ever heard the song. <laughs> that's OK. Yeah, that's, I that's about it. it's not it's not the not the worst. Uh, I mean, it's not the most inappropriate country song I've ever heard a grade schooler perform. No, I did. I did at a talent show one time. Hear a fourth grader perform "Honky Tonk Donkadonk." Oh, okay. Well, there you go. Um, I mean, so I just want to point out there is good parenting happening all over the country. I just want to point that out. <laughs> <laughs> but so, so now, okay. So, so church. How do we respond? What do we do? Right? Should we be? Should we be, be condemning and bashing him, or should we be speaking in a different direct, in a, in a different way? And I, I say there's like a little bit of, no, just kidding. It's all just the other way. You should never be condemning anybody. You should never be pushing. Like I feel like we, we spoke about this, right? We want to condemn so much. We want to push this guy down so much and say like, yeah, oh, how dare he? Blah blah blah. But 
he still is he still has a soul he's still alive so he still has yeah. the potential to come to know who jesus is and know him truly and so yeah so we should be careful on how we're pushing him down but when it comes to the other side of understanding what we should be saying this again comes to the idea of listening right hearing where the pain is coming from yeah because obviously to be understanding that like there's a part that we have to see that the church the church is at fault uh-huh. his pain and it's moving him isn't it sad again this is a kid a guy who's been raised in the church yeah who is finding more identi- identity in pursuing the enemy of jesus right right than pursuing and it's because the church has pushed in that direction and so the church you know, and and that's that's me, that's you, that's anybody else who's a part of the church that has created that because we are a part of this. That we like, I saw somebody say recently, like, I don't need to apologize to the guy. I didn't cause the pain. I didn't do this. And it's like, no. But what you have to understand is, you as an individual did not. But if we want to claim that we are a body of believers, that once you yeah. are a part of Jesus, you are a body. The church is a body, so we are a part of the body. That means we all understand that we have a, a connection in this whole thing. So if a yeah. part of our body over here is not doing something right, then it's still affecting this part of the body. And so we have to be willing to say, look, I'm sorry that my left hand punched you. I like I, I'm I don't I don't know why it did that, but yeah. I, I apologize because I'm I'm the right hand, but I'm still a part of this this left hand's body. And the left yeah. hand should not have punched you. Should not have hit you. Should not have flipped you off. Should not have done anything like that. And unfortunately, it did. So I'm sorry, right? And and so as a right hand, I'm going to extend myself and I'm going to say I'm sorry. But I'm also going to say, can we talk about where your pain is coming from? Can we talk about what what the truth is about the gospel of Jesus Christ? Yeah, yeah. Talk about why you feel led to to, to promoting Satan, like in yeah, in, you know, and then let him reveal it. I don't, I really don't want to promote Satan. I'm just having fun with it because I really don't necessarily believe in this whole thing. Or yeah, I just know that it's going to cause some some backlash, and I want publicity from it. So it's like, right. you know, yeah, it's like what what I mean. What you're talking about is a is a very powerful thing. I mean, it sounds like really simple, but if that was like, I mean, if that's what we were training people if that's how we were training people to respond, like if that was the go-to response, like if, if all your life you had grown up in Sunday school, Bobby, and people were like, listen, when somebody comes out the gate, you know, with this, this kind of stuff, um, you need to, you need to show love and you need to say, look, I, I'm not scared of your Satan shoes. I'm, I'm scared of your black Sabbath album. You know, I'm not scared of your, you know, uh, Iron Maiden t-shirt, you know, um, you know, I, with the, uh, you know, uh, kind of cartoonish um, heavy metal imagery on it. Um, you know, I, I'm looking at you, man. You know, I, I love you and I want to know why are you angry at the church if you are? Why are you angry at God if you are? And can we talk about that? I'm not here to judge. If that was like what we were being taught and not, uh, you know, I actually think that um, uh, where this comes from, where this this sort of um, knee-jerk reaction to say, listen, Let's get after the guy who made the Satan shoes. I just think that's a symptom of the culture wars that we've been a part of like my whole life, you know, like we got to fight this, you know, we got to fight, you know, we got to fight the evil thing that's out there as if the evil thing were 
um, you know, heavy metal albums and, you know, Halloween costumes, you know. But I mean, if that had been our response, like if that had been our response, like all along, I mean, it would be powerful. I mean, this and one thing about it is it would take away the power of this kind of theatrics to really um, make people who know God even feel threatened. Right. No, that's that's exactly it. Um, You know, we. Like you gotta think too, like okay, so when Paul, right, when when uh-huh. Saul became Paul, we became the believer that Paul is that ended up going and changing the world by planting more churches and making disciples, doing what the church was supposed to be doing. Yeah. When he when he met with that that group that was like, there's a bunch of different God statues, and they're like, here's the God, here's this God, here's this God, and then here's the the unknown God, here's the statue of the unknown God, and he took the opportunity to take to take that unknown God and teach about Jesus. And, and who God is, and then all of a sudden, all those other gods, like they're like, oh, well, they don't make any sense anymore. And so several of them came to say, like, I want to be with this unknown God that easily Paul, being the aggressor that he was when he was attacking Christians anyway, yeah, he could have easily been like, I'm going to go in there and just destroy all these fake gods, and I'm going to tell you who the unknown God is, and you better take it and believe it because I'm Paul and I have that authority and I can do it because he had the authority. He was. He was well known as an authoritarian. Like he knew people knew who he was as 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 someone with great stature and great leadership and great uh, charisma. And he had the ability to adjust people's thinking just by being who he was. But instead, he went in listening to who they were and where they were coming from, and found the opportunity to point to Jesus. He didn't become an aggressor. He listened and he pointed oh. the gospel. That is a lesson we should listen to and we should take in. When when we see these these things in scripture that that Jesus never told us that we were supposed to fight against people, because even Paul wrote right. like, like he right. said, like we're not we're not up against each other. Yeah, we're, there are powers and principalities outside of this world that we're fighting against. That's the stuff that's going on, but we have no control of it. So stop fighting each other live in, in in unity harmony and and point to the gospel the stuff on the outside we have no control over that battle is going to be going on and and in the end that battle will be fought and it's going to be won by our savior we don't have to worry about that so stop trying to fight satan because you can't fight him you're not going to be able to fight him yeah you have, you have no power to because that's not that's not your that's not where your strength comes from she's right. going to make you think that you can and you're going to pour all your energy into trying to fight him. And because of that, you're becoming a jerk. You're becoming judgmental. You're becoming hate-filled. You're becoming bitter. You're becoming defeated because you think, like, I can't. You realize that you can't beat him. So now all of a sudden, like, you're just sit back and, oh, gosh, I can't win. And then you end up losing connection with Jesus himself. And yeah. that's where she's like, I got you because you thought you'd be able to beat me. You got pissed off over, sorry, you got mad over a shoe. Right. And really, you should be mad over the fact that this guy is hurting because of, because because the church has caused damage. That's where our pain. That's where our anger should be going toward. Our anger should be going toward the fact that we have a person who has decided to to pursue Satan over Jesus because he actually learned about Jesus and the Jesus he learned about hated him. So he now has stepped away from it. That's a problem. Yeah. That's where our that's where we should get mad. Not over a stupid shoe. A shoe? What do you get mad over right. a shoe? It's like, I, I actually can't see I can't see Jesus getting upset or 
Uh, could you imagine uh, if you could just walk up to Jesus, like Jesus, uh, you know, in in human form, like he is, like in the Gospels, and say, "Check out these Satan shoes." I can't see Jesus, like. Uh, responding in a way that was because here, here's 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 my motivation for saying that Jesus actually faced the actual real Satan in the wilderness, you know, and the whole time Satan was trying to tempt Jesus to like take the easy way out to basically become Lord over mankind without actually having to suffer um, and, and die on the cross. You know, that was the way that Satan. Uh, try to tempt Jesus through throughout his life, you know? And this is why when, you know, I, I don't remember Jesus throwing the word Satan around a whole lot. He did sometimes saying he saw Satan fall like lightning, you know, um, at one point. But uh, I, I do remember one time when Peter tried to, in his own way, like con- without realizing that he was doing it, tried to suggest that Jesus you know, shouldn't have to go through all that pain and die, you know, like, oh, no, no, they're not, they're not, they're not going to kill you, Lord. And Jesus's response to that was get behind me, Satan. But he's saying that to Peter, because Peter is saying some of the same stuff that really the actual Satan said to Jesus in the wilderness when he was fasting, like, hey, Jesus, take the easy way out. You can be king of the earth without the suffering, you know, and so I can't see Jesus looking at those shoes and going, oh, my gosh, like, you know, this is this is like the devil, like the power of Satan is winning here. You know, I see Jesus actually doing exactly what you're talking about. Like, hey, you know, uh, my son, you know, I see your pain. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's I think we I think as Christians, we are supposed to always come in with the posture of humility. Yeah, and a posture of grace and a posture of compassion and empathy, understanding yeah. that there are people who have just been damaged and they need to understand the gospel, which is the gospel of love and truth and kindness and mercy and, and compassion. Yeah, and, and the, the is right. I think because, and I think this is our biggest problem. So I'm just going to just put it out that we put on this we want to make sure that the person comes to a decision for jesus and if Mm -hmm. they don't we get mad about it because it was because because we didn't win right that that we didn't win and so this person didn't come to jesus and, and it was my job to get them to come to jesus and it didn't happen so now i'm mad about it and and that person that person just deserves to be that that person's going to hell what we don't understand is it's not our job to convert anybody. Yeah, our right. our job yeah. is to just teach. Our mm-hmm. job is to to teach what Jesus taught, and then we make disciples. How we 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 baptize them first, so they have to come to a decision to believe their own. So when yeah. they, so we we teach when they believe, we baptize it and make disciples. That's what happens when they go out and they teach. They baptize and make more disciples. Paul even said, "Like I become a Jew, I, I, I become a Jew to be with the Jews. I become a Gentile to be like a Gentile. I become, I become all things to all men, so that way some may be saved." Right? Yeah. I'm not, I'm not going to save them all, but I'm going to be a part of their life. I'm going to be a part of their culture. I'm going to be a part of their, their walk, so that way some of them may be saved. Mm-hmm. 
I'm not here to convert every single person because I know it's not going to happen. It might not be my job. It yeah. might, not, might not be my role to get them to come to Christ. My role is just to be supposed to be in this moment. And so our role as the church is to be people who point to the good news of Jesus. And if we're causing any kind of pain that makes people move away from it, not like, again, people will move away from it, not because of the fact that we're jerks. They shouldn't yeah. be leaving because we're jerks. They should be leaving because they just can't handle that love. They can't handle that compassion because they don't feel like this is what they they want to be a part of. We should never be people who push people away because of our hatred, because of our anger, because of our condemnation. But but people will move away because we we point to something that they just don't understand and it makes them uncomfortable because they can't grasp that love. They can't grasp that kind of peace. They can't grasp the idea that we have a God who wants to be just for them, who yeah. wants to bring grace to them, who wants to bring to them because they've been told and they've been pushed down and oppressed and beat down to a point where the enemy has told them that they aren't good enough to be to receive justice. They aren't good enough to receive grace. They aren't good enough to receive compassion. So when the church is actually doing those things, What's going to pull them away is not because of us being jerks. It's going to pull them away because they can't handle what we're doing. The fact that we are doing something that they aren't, that they don't feel like they deserve. And we have to keep showing them, you do, you do, <laughs> because we didn't deserve it, but Jesus gave it to us. So now we're trying to give it to you. We're trying to show you what we don't deserve, but he came. But for some reason, like this is where the church has to come to, like we just talked about. They have to come to, we have to come to. The idea that we need to listen more, we need to point to the hope more, we need to love more, because when you're pointing to separation, that's yeah. not. We're pointing to, to condemnation, that's not Jesus, because even John three seventeen says he didn't come to condemn. So we have to we have to remember these words and understand that the things that we are saying, if they're not pointing to the gospel and they're causing more pain, we're failing the gospel, and we got to yeah. do that. So to recap, we're not to convert anybody. Uh, we're not to condemn anybody. So I say, love them all. Let God sort them out. Boom. That's it. That's it right there. And there don't be don't be freaked out over a Satan shoe. Maybe be freaked yeah. out of blood in the shoe. I don't know. That's kind of weird. But but don't be freaked out over that part. Satan that shoe. part is weird. Uh, that part is weird because I'm like, what do they do? Like how they get this? Like. <laughs> <laughs> is it? I, I know you can get blood, but from what I understand, there were some blood shortages um, as far as like transfusions go, like Red Cross blood shortages due to COVID nineteen. Maybe that's over. I don't know. That part I'm not asking. Well, I mean, about. Yeah, and you know what? That that totally could be a lie. I mean, it could be just again theatrics. But you know, I I, I want to say they, this they about only made, they only yeah. made, made six hundred sixty six pairs of shoes of the. Of the oh, they did. Yeah, yeah, so I mean, that's only six hundred sixty-six drops of blood, and I mean, I'm pretty positive. Yeah. That, you, know, you can you can figure out a way to make that work. I don't know. <laughs> Would you say you were a B positive or A positive? Uh, well, I don't know. Yeah, sorry, dad joke, but I want to say this about the whole um, being afraid that people are worshiping Satan thing. Um, I from what I understand, um, the guy who you know, wrote the Satan Bible, I think in the seventies, uh, Anton LaVey, um, 
you know, kind of like the the main dude of the Church of Satan that everyone was, you know, if you grew up in church in the 80s, um, people had you convinced that like Satanists were out there to like kidnap you on on the night of Halloween. And, you know, I, um, but anyway, um, from what I understand, he actually doesn't believe in God or Satan. Um, from what I understand, the whole thing was not a prank, but meant to be because I think he's pretty open about not actually believing in any kind of dark forces, but that the whole thing was meant to be sort of like a, a satirical religion to, to basically troll like, you know, superstitious, like religious people. It's, it's similar to how people sort of test the um, whole freedom of religion um, idea in, in their respective countries um, with the, uh, the, the, the church of the flying spaghetti monster, I think it's called, um, you yeah. know, the Pastafarians. And um, I think there are some countries where for the same reason, um, the force from Star Wars is recognized as a religion. It's it's sort of people testing the waters saying like, okay, freedom of religion, can anything be a religion? And if we are a religion, can we be tax free? And, you know, mm -hmm. test, testing all that sort of like, you know, now we have our constitution, but other countries may have like some, some laws on the books or our constitution of their own talking about what, you know, it was recognized as a religion in their country. Um, but uh, I, as, as far as I know, that's what it was about. I think some people got kind of up in arms uh, not too long ago, like maybe five to six years ago, because some people were starting like a an after school Satan club for like grade schoolers, you know, they were having like, and that was to that was to it, it's not that any of the people starting that really believed in Satan. It was just to say, uh, just to kind of troll Christianity in a way because it's so influential and so powerful in the United States. Uh, and, and if you can have after school like Jesus clubs, I, I think people are saying, all right, well, it, it sort of test separation of church and state. Can I have an after school Satan club? So and that was that was a thing that sort of people kind of got upset in a very predictable way sort of just like this like taking the bait again and going oh my gosh they're trying to have like satanist clubs after school and and in fact i don't i don't think anything satanic was was going to happen at these clubs you know they're probably going to play uno or something you know um but people but for but really i i think people need to appreciate that a lot of this stuff um is to just sort of troll you know evangelical christians and their their superstitions and maybe maybe not just evangelicals maybe out you know all kinds of christians you know catholics and 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 everyone um but um but to sort of troll us and people take the bait and i've tried to express this to people um who are this sort of hyper religious you know uh very conservative um you know, kind of King James only people and, and try to express the, this to them and say, Hey, you know, the, the guy who started the church saying he, he wasn't serious. He's just sort of, he was just sort of trolling, you know, this was, this was satire. This was like, you know, testing, testing laws and constitutional freedoms and whatnot. And mm -hmm. you know what the, their reaction was? It wasn't, Oh, that makes sense. Um, I could, their, their reaction was, Oh, Jared, you've been deceived. You've been you've been pulled into the dark side, you know. <laughs> like this is the first step. You're going down the rabbit hole. Pretty soon, you will be worshiping Satan himself, and you know that's what I've been told. Um, and um, it hasn't happened yet. I just 
one one thing that's always annoyed me, I don't feel as fair is how we just can always accidentally worship Satan. Have you noticed that? Mm-hmm. So if people say, hey, if you want to worship God, you need to do you need to get focused, my friend. Like when you're in church and you sing worship songs, you better get focused with all your heart, with all your you need to clear your mind and you need to focus on God. You need to love God with all your heart, all your soul, all your mind in the moment that you're singing that song. Did you do that when you sang Amazing Grace this morning? Uh, well, no, I, I didn't. I, I was thinking about um, I was hungry. Oh, well, then you didn't. Then you didn't really worship the Lord because you weren't focused enough. So you have to give. You have to just. Well, all, it takes all your might to worship God. But if you go and dress up, you know, like um, Thor on Halloween, and you take your kids trick or treating. People go, you worship Satan. I go, well, I didn't, I wasn't focused on Satan in my mind. I didn't worship Satan with all my mind and all my strength and all my soul. I wasn't, you know, um, I was just thinking that I was hungry. And they're like, oh, but you did worship yeah. Satan. By, by default, you you worship Satan, you know? And it's like, oh, yeah. what? That's the default. That's the default. You know, you can accidentally worship Satan, but you can't accidentally worship God. You can just barely, the attitude is you just barely worship God if you're lucky, you know? Yeah, there's a lot, there's a lot of, Deception, and I think that a lot of deception that we've allowed ourselves to creep in. I think the, the church is allowed to creep in, and uh, yeah. honestly, it's it's going to take people who speak and teach correctly, correct theology, and yeah. challenge people to realize that maybe maybe Satan isn't as like hardcore as we make him out to be. <laughs> you know, I yeah. mean, the, I mean, like, he, I, I mean, mean, it's definitely definitely a, a concern. You know, I mean, you know. Um, you know, the whole idea of Satan being a lion looking to and fro for someone to devour, walking to and fro looking for someone to devour. That's a real thing, but I don't think the the shoes and the Ozzy Osbourne album covers are where, where he's at, you know? And that's what I mean. It's like, I think that we need to be a little bit more realistic and understand what the Bible says about him. Like, he's not going to be, yeah. he's not going to be as blatant, you know, and like just straight up. You know where he is. Like, here's, here, here's where he's gonna he's gonna be uh in the church that's obsessed with money and celebrity you know mm. that's that's where he's gonna be he, he's gonna be right he's gonna be he's gonna be in the the church where the pastor gets away for years with like sexually assaulting people that's a whole that's a that's that's opening up a whole topic that we don't have time to talk about right now but but yes you're right <laughs> we did talk about that a few we did talk about a few yeah yeah to go yeah we did did back to it for the enemies at work and and to be honest it's there's had anything to do with any of that is debatable that could have just been all human sin you know there's a lot man but again we don't need to worry about a shoe we don't need to worry about we don't need to worry about all that stuff. I think we need to be aware of it. We need to be pointing to the truth. Um, but ultimately, we should be caring a lot about the human beings that are being hurt by the church. And how do we how do we love them enough to where mm-hmm. hopefully they get a glimpse as to what the true meaning of having a relationship with Jesus really means? That's that's my hope anyway. So, all right, man. Well, hey, it's been a great conversation as usual. And so um, definitely appreciate yeah. your time.
appreciate you know everything in this because it's a I mean, this is one of those topics you're like man this is this is just if number one it just kind of came out of nowhere but number two it was just we we probably need to be talking about this so so here we go but um yeah yeah well again hey if you're listening to this podcast and you've enjoyed what you're listening to we ask for you to rate it like it share it comment do something just let us know that you're here because we like talking to each other but we like knowing other people are involved in the conversation too so um again thank you for yeah listening. yeah it's it's always good when we have people who are, who are able to kind of share that they're listening um but hey if you if you uh again thank you again for listening to the franken says podcast i am your host bobby benavides and i i am your other host Jared St. Martin Brown. Jared St. Martin Brown. You broke up a little bit there, so I'm going to cover you again. Jared St. Martin Brown. Okay, good. That's good. <laughs> I, yeah. Did you know my name or did you read it off the script? <laughs> I, I had to I had to Google it. Um, I'll be honest with you. I wasn't really sure. <laughs> Whoa, dude, you can Google me. This is, I've made it. I've made it. <laughs> I had to go, I had to Google who my co-host was. As a, I was like, um, oh, shoot, who is this? Okay, great. So, um, uh, good. I, I'm so famous now. I think I'm ready to design my own pair of shoes. Yeah. Well, you know, uh, <laughs> but just, just don't put blood in it. Like maybe goat's blood. That's what you should do. No, real no. Wait, I tell you what's for my speed. Somebody's already designed my perfect shoe. If you want to look it up, look up uh, Nikes and their official Nikes, not fake Nikes. Ben and Jerry's Chunky Dunky. Those, those are my Nikes right there. I don't own those, but those are pretty beautiful. So I'm going to have to do that now. But anyway. Yeah. All right. Well, again, this is the Frank It Says podcast. We're glad you, we are glad that you listened to us today or tonight, whenever you're listening to us. Thank you for listening. Again, um, rate us, like us, share it, whatever. We appreciate it. So with that, we will talk to you later. Bye.